Hello, Mr. A. Today on the Go for Bronze podcast, Joelle is driving a vehicle that is just waiting to catch on fire. I guess you could say he's driving the hottest new thing around. You get me? Warzone 2 Season 2 is going to be delayed according to rumors. And Mark finds out that a very special person listens to the podcast. For all that and more, here are the guys. I am Joel Torres, and as always with me is my co-host, the vault hunter himself, Mark Ace Acevedo. Still addicted Ace. to alcohol in Fallout 76. Some might say it is a reflection of real life, but who can really tell? It's me. Mark Acevedo. You're role playing your Fallout. You're role playing your Fallout character in real life. It's yeah, sort of exactly. <laughs> That's it. I try to make all my purchases in bottle caps. Jesus. In real life, you're just like here's all the butt heavy caps. Yeah, all the butt um, heavy caps. But I'm I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing well. I just want to give a, a special shout out to to one of our listeners that you informed us of. Oh yeah. So. My dad, shout out to my dad who listens to the show without me sharing it really or anything. He kind of, I was uh, out at dinner with my parents. We went to this ramen joint. It was really good. And I was about to tell them something, you know, as I, as I would at dinner, just give them kind of all the life updates one at a time. And then I was going to say something. And before I could get it out, I was going to talk about uh, us potentially going to Utah for a music festival. And he already knew. And I was like, who told you? And he was like, oh, I listened shit. to the show. So I was like, oh, that's great. That's awesome. So that's really good. And then, you know, I asked him for criticism. He could be as harsh as he wanted. Didn't really have anything other to say other than the conversation sounded pretty natural. So I thought that was good. And I will take that. And it is nice. Yeah. So shout out to my dad if he's listening to this episode, too. That's awesome. Also, that's awesome how he brought it up too. He's like, "Duh, listen to the show." Of course, I know you're going to you want to go to Utah. We talked about going to the festival on the show. Well, we definitely talked about the lineup. I'm sure we talked about the lineup probably pre before. So they there was the initial lineup, and then they added the artist. This was probably initially when I was like, "Oh man, this looks so good." So I'm assuming that's the episode that he listened to. And bless his heart, I know that he listens to like the banter, and then when it gets into the game stuff, he's like, "I'm checking out," but I'll take what I can get. I appreciate the support. That's a solid minute. That's a solid 30 minutes of retention there. So, you know, we're making progress. That's good stuff. But I see that that is, that's my banter. It looks a little bit wholesome, but your banter looks a little bit more scary. Why don't you tell us about that? So, um, I drive, I drive a Ford product and, um, some of you may not know, but the Ford, Ford car brand is very uh, notorious for recalls. Uh, some may even say Ford is an acronym for found off-road dead. Um, Joe, I know you, you're you you're experiencing some Ford troubles yourself with your Ranger Danger. Yeah, but she's back on the road today. She's a good girl. That's good. That's good to hear. Um, my car is good. It's on the road currently, and it's working currently. But I got a mail today. I got a, I got mail today. And I saw a letter from Ford, and said the nice bright red letters. Oh, safety recall! Open it up right before the show. I'm like, what is it? Because I've had a recall before, um, and it's been like for brakes, you know, minor things like braking. You don't need to be able to brake; just keeps on minor. rolling. 
Minor. 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 Brakes. Uh, I also had another recall. I forgot what it was. It was just like an inspection of the vehicle for some other shit. I don't know. It's had a million recalls on this car. But then the one I got today was pretty terrifying because um, it's an issue with the fuel injectors, injectors and it may cause oil and the gas to like build within the engine because the fuel injectors are not firing and the car may catch on fire as I'm driving it. So that's nice. Yeah, I would say that's a, that's a problem. <laughs> I don't think I would feel very comfortable now as you guys know, and I guess maybe news to the show, I don't know if I've talked about my vehicle. I drive a Civic and a piece is hanging out from under my car. That shit scrapes the ground and I cringe every time I hear it, but I know that I'm safe at least. Uh, no brakes and uh, potential fire. That sounds pretty scary. You're a brave man getting into the car every day. Well, I got to get to work. Um, so hopefully one day I die doing the favorite, my favorite thing in the world, going to work. So that's that's what I have to look forward to. But uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully loves. it's die doing what he loves. Um, hopefully it's not too bad and not too long of a fix. I did uh, take my car recently to get an oil change. And I know you like doing this. I like doing this. We're old men. We like taking our cars to the actual dealership. I find it also insane if you don't take your vehicle to a dealership. You know who I'm talking to, who I'm talking about. You know. I don't trust Take 5. I'm just going to say that. They've been caught multiple times not actually changing the oil vehicles. But that's a whole different, that's a different thing. But I took my car to a dealership. And I uh, had a nice old man help me out. And he fixed my oil. And then he told me he was going to get me a good deal on tires because I needed new tires, apparently, because the tread's bad. And then he also just threw in at the end, oh, there's a recall. Don't worry. He didn't really explain it in detail what the recall was. He was just like, there's a recall. I ordered the part. Don't worry about it. And then I get the mail today that it's something that can possibly catch on, catch on fire. So that's that's lovely to hear. And there was nothing weird about the way he said it. He was like, oh, by the way, there's going to be a recall. Be careful on the way home. <laughs> no, he's just, just like, no, there's a recall. He, he made it very like nonchalant. He's like, oh, my bad. I didn't mean to hit the mic. Uh, he was very nonchalant about it. He was like, oh, I ordered the part. Don't worry about it. Like, you, you come back whenever you come back. I'll hook you up with tires. And I was like, oh, that's a, such a nice old man. Just ordering the part. I don't even have to hassle him. Because they would get the brakes fixed. I had to fucking hassle Ford to get my brakes fixed for my car, which took six months. And derailed my whole... That's that's a whole story, but derailed, derailed a lot of shit going on in my life. Yeah, he was just time. trying to keep you calm. He's like, I don't want to tell this young buck what's about to really happen. He's so, yeah, still driving his for, Bronco from way back in the day. Yeah. All I would say is the new Bronco... I have a Bronco Sport, by the way. I'm not trying to... I don't have the big boy. I got a little boy. I got a little Bronco boy. But um, I love it. It looks nice. Um, but... I don't know if it's worth it because it's been. This is the third recall, and I've had the car for about I think two years and two or th two years in May. Two years in May, I believe. So three recalls, two years, a little over a recall a year. So that sounds lovely. Okay. And Joe, your Ranger. You said your Ranger is doing good again. I know you said that it overheated. What did what was the fix for it? The fix Put for water. it was a garden hose. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> so I've replaced like everything in that truck. I have uh, 213,000 miles at least on it. And it's an 03. So it's 20 years old this year. Good girl. And uh, yeah, so I replaced the water pump. I did all that. I think 
you know, maybe it's like a leaky coolant hose. It's it, it's a slow leak from the coolant. So easy fix, um, you know, and to, to just patch it for the day, I put some water into it. But it's one of those old trucks, one of those, it's, it's going to get harder and harder to find those where you can pop them open and do whatever you want to. Like you say dealership, I hear all the cha-ching. There's no way. I'm going to go to like discount auto and do it in my garage. <laughs> no, no, no. See, the thing is, though, I'm, I'm not, you have I'm not to a real buy man. Disposable I'm not a cars. You have to buy disposable no. cars. And this is what my truck sounds like. Yep. Actual I think that's uh, Somehow I feel like that's what you want your truck to sound like. Yeah, head. I don't think that's, that's how it sounds like. I don't, yeah, I, don't, I don't know if that's exactly how it sounds. Now, I have plumes a, of smoke behind it. I have a question <laughs> on this. And even though me and Joel, I would say, are, I would say car guys. We like cars yeah. a lot. I don't you know the answer to this question guys. for sure. So if a listener out there wants to try to answer this, they can. I'm curious, do electric cars overheat the same way that regular combustion cars would? Or can they overheat? Those batteries can catch on fire. Yeah. When things heat up, I usually discharge too. So it happens to the best of us. And he was, you were talking about stopping the wheels. And I mean, Joel doesn't even break. He can't break. I mean, he drives a Ford. So, yeah, so, you know, what are you really going to do? He should be fine. <laughs> he should be fine. Yeah. Now, unless, and unless it, there's more. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, and the thing that's lovely about it, you can't even e brake it like an old school, like, a, you know, handbrake, e brake. I have this stupid little like flick thing, which like you know I can't even be cool and like drifts my car. Yeah, I yeah. have a uh, I have a uh, you know a fat pedal on the left that stops it, and a long skinny pedal on the right that makes it go. That's cool. Mine doesn't have that. <laughs> yeah, mine doesn't have like you know a, a regular throw e brake too. I've got an electric brake, so that that wouldn't work out too well if I needed to use it. But I feel, dude, what you guys are getting cheated. You guys are getting cheated. There's like nothing. I mean, well, have, have have either of you ever had a car that you can like manually adjust? Like I had this 1979 Toyota Corolla when I was 16. And I feel like all cars can manually be adjusted. Like, but I could, t- I, I could take the speedometer out and turn the odometer backwards and like mess with everything on it. Get into the settings. Well, I guess you could do that, too, with our cars. I don't know if I want to necessarily go into the settings. But speaking about cars, too, I saw an R32 and an R33 this week, both uh, on the highway. So that was cool. That's awesome. Yeah, I remember you texting me about that. That's sick. What color were I, they? I told so one of them was white and had like a kind of standard body kit and a spoiler. And then the other one I told Liz about because I thought it was really sick. The R32 had a body kit on it with no spoiler and it was purple and it had purple pulsing underglow and the license plate said R32 girl. I was like, that's pretty cool. Probably really expensive, but pretty cool. That, yeah, that's, that's really cool. But it's Damn. fun. I'm enjoying my my compliments of my Honda jacket, which people think I drive a motorcycle even though I just drive a Civic. But it's a cool jacket and I like it. I feel like, yeah, the jacket's cool enough. You know, you know They don't need to ask too many questions. Yeah, it's but I guess. Fine. You don't ask I, too many questions. I mean, I'll take the compliment, and then after that, we can move along. They're like, what do you drive? Yeah, your jacket's sick, dude. What, yeah. what cool-ass Honda do you have? We're good. Put the compliment in the bag <laughs> and then keep moving. Step along. 
You must have like a Type R at least, right? Like yeah, Type SI. R at least. I don't, <laughs> but I do have a PS5, and this is a PlayStation show. That is true. This is a PlayStation so, show. <laughs> if you've if you've stuck around with us this long and you're ready to hear about some PlayStation stuff, like I said, unless you guys have anything else to say about vehicles or anything else. No, I'm good. Hopefully I make it here for the next show and they'll catch on fire. But other than that, I'm pretty solid. I hope you do too. And then maybe we can get something <laughs> in the works here. So normally this is the section where we're going to talk about what we're playing. However, I want to mention first, uh, kind of just off the top here, that The Last of Us HBO show has started premiering this past Sunday on the 15th. And I subscribe to HBO Max ad-free, of course, because I'm not going to pay for ads. So I subscribe to that, and I understand that they're going to do an episode per week, which is fine, although I will say you guys are a little bit scumbags because that means that, without question, I have to be subscribed for at least three months. So that kind of sucks. However, the episode itself was very good. I will not speak to it too much more than to just say I was impressed and I liked it a lot, but I did want to mention for anyone that's interested in trying out The Last of Us Part 1, If you're a PlayStation Plus premium member, the trial is now active for that. And the show is now the highest rated television show of all time on IMDb, not just a game adaptation, which is kind of crazy. So I think when I checked yesterday, I was sitting at a 9.5 and I did log in and leave a review too. That's awesome. I mean, the show is getting rave reviews. I have not seen it yet. I'm waiting to watch it with my uh, girlfriend, Pamela, tomorrow. So that'll be fun. Um, the only thing I've seen, I've seen screenshots. I was telling you earlier, I've seen the side-by-side shots between the game and the show. looks great. It looks like they're definitely faithfully adapting the show. And then the one funny thing I saw is that Pedro Pascal says that Joel sneaks a lot less in the show because it's hard for 55-year-olds to sneak around. So I thought that was a little funny antidote that I saw on IGN. It is funny. And then speaking about seeing it elsewhere... The reason why also, I mean, I wanted to watch the show as is, but I didn't actually get it on the Sunday. And then I, you know, I using my phone, went on Instagram, first couple of posts, last of a show, went on YouTube, mm-hmm. first couple of videos, last of a show. And after doing Ragnarok, I'm not doing this shit ever again. I'm making <laughs> sure that I don't get so spoiled for me. Of course, there might be people out there listening that are like, well, it's the last of us. Of course, you already know the story. There's going to be extra tidbits here and there that are in it that are extra kind of content for the story and i don't want that spoiled so I'm, i made sure i watched it and i know you told me you're gonna watch it tomorrow so i'm excited to hear what you think about it and alex watched yeah. it last night my brother shout out to him what do you, alex think about it he likes it yeah he thought it was really good too i i won't go in depth into what we were kind of saying okay. but definitely positive Peace. we both both enjoyed it awesome and then another thing i wanted to talk about the show um you you hinted that you're a little upset that they're doing it week by week because you got to be subscribed for three months but can you not agree do you agree or disagree is it not better to do the week by week i feel like it builds up more anticipation with the show and keeps everybody kind of on the same playing field because i like that shows are going back to that because the netflix binge thing kind of made shows feel like not as important and like i remember severance was fun being like week to week and even uh, HBO's White Lotus, which I am a fan of, and the, and the very iconic uh, intro with the music and everything. So I wanted to see, what was your opinion? How do you feel about the week-by-week thing? I mean, I love a week-by-week when I'm not paying for it. The week-by-week yeah. week is still fun for the content, definitely, but that means that this is going to be 16, 16 bucks uh, per month. So 
at that point I'm going to be paying like close to the price of a full game for it, which is okay. I'm not against supporting it. It's just a smart way that I see them of marketing it because I'm sure there was some kind of conversation being like, Hey, if we do nine episodes instead of eight, that's an extra month. But that's not that big of a deal because the show is good and I don't normally have HBO. So while I have it, I'll watch everything else. And then when when I'm done watching the season, I'm sure I'll just cancel it. I, I don't think I'm going to keep it. Yeah, I would recommend White Lotus. I like White Lotus. Fun exactly. Show. Fun can, couple I, watch. Yeah, I can take this time to watch that and catch up on some other stuff that I saw in there. I've never seen The Wire, so I'll definitely watch that. Or not Ooh. definitely, but maybe. And then the other HBO pick is Liz is really needing to see and also wants to see. Not that I'm forcing this upon her, but she wants to see True Detective the first season. So I've told her that that's really fantastic and she likes murder mystery stuff. So I think we'll enjoy that. And then the second and third season we can go without. But first season, really good stuff. I also have to watch that. I have never seen True Detective. I know the first season is very highly acclaimed all around and by you. Yeah, it's it's definitely really good. But, but I uh, moving say, on. Yeah, let's go ahead and move on. I was gonna say, what else do you have? So you see, you have some interesting Warzone two tidbits. Yeah, so this is this is something that, of course, our uh, resident executive producer Joe can hop into the conversation here too with Warzone. It's a thing that is kind of always revolving. I don't necessarily put it on the uh, show script that we have here every week because we're kind of always playing it. But I put it on here because I figured it's worth bringing up a couple of things. Most of the time, I would like to be positive as I really enjoy Warzone. But one thing that my brother pointed out on Twitter was that the player count has been dropping. So I've seen Steam charts. I think that getting numbers for consoles is a little bit more difficult. But on the Steam charts, since it came out in November, it's down concurrent players about 70%, which is obviously not good. But there are still always going to be people playing it. But the other news that's kind of the real reason why I'm bringing it up that kind of sucks is that Charlie Intel reported that it has been kind of data mined that season two is going to be delayed. And this is before Infinity Ward is getting in front of it and saying anything about it. I guess in the most recent 1.13 patch that came out, that's pretty small, probably had a couple of bug fixes. It was data mined a bundle in the store, but the bundle was dated, I think, February 2nd, might be first or second. But that means that that would be the final bundle of season one. And then the other dates that were found in there are the 15th of February, which could be assumed to be the start of season two, which means that they're going to push it back two weeks and they haven't said it yet. However, if that does happen, I mean, it's a delay, so it sucks anyway. But it's a delay that doesn't really make any sense to me. I don't understand what a reason would be for a delay when this is supposed to be the studio that hasn't had any time crunch in development and they have all these support teams behind them and now they're on a new engine and they're going to do a two-year cycle. But this is a really bad look after we've had season one, which, you know, Joel has made a really good point of saying, even though I was trying to act blind to it, the game has been extremely buggy. I mean, it's playable, but it is very buggy and they're going ahead and they're fixing stuff, right? But arguably, are they fixing and adding more stuff than they're removing i don't know in terms of warzone what we mainly play i mean we don't have bomb drones anymore because they cause issues recon drones caused us to freeze and they took those out for a while heavy choppers are now out of the game because they were deemed kind of overpowered and stuff like that and so i kind of think the overall content drop of season one was a little bit lackluster in the sense that 
We didn't get any new maps. We got Shipman and Shoothouse, which are just rehashes. And then the leaked information about Season 2 is an old operator and an old map. So I'll go ahead and see how you guys feel about this. I'm going to go ahead and throw it to Joe first, and then we'll get Joel's opinion on it, because otherwise I'll be talking about this forever. So Joe, how do you feel about this? So yeah, definitely. It's been really buggy from the get-go, and... I mean, I think I, I think probably when we played last night is the, you know, this most recent iteration is the least buggy that we've really experienced. Um, and I really liked the heavy choppers. I'm sad that, well, I'm a fan of all the choppers, but yeah, I'm kind of, this season is definitely stale. It's a terrible look for them. I don't know what, you know, I. so it is possible that, if they had teams that were supposed to be working on future development, fixing bugs uh, for this season, that could have definitely chewed into some of that time because they had significant bugs, uh, significant enough to remove certain assets from the game. So if this leak is correct and accurate, my guess is that, you know, they had to shuffle some of their team to, to do damage control instead of continue to work on, the next iteration in the next season. And we're probably paying for that now at the back end. So that's, uh, that's my theory. Let's, let's see if it's true. We'll see what happens at the end. Yeah. I mean, overall Warzone two, the map, the mechanics that they added to the game are better than Verdansk and more interesting, but there's also aspects of the map that I think I like Verdance's map, maybe diversity a little bit more. Not maybe diversity, but there's more city structures than uh, Almazro. Almazro does have a little bit of that Caldera energy with how many open fields there are. But um, mm. I definitely but, um, agree with that. I, uh, yeah, I, I, I think, think there are too many. I agree. So I, I know that I feel like he was definitely still continuing, so I'll just. I'm already butting in, so I'll just say that. I agree. I think new POIs would be nice, new points of interest. There's too yes. much big open areas in the desert, and that has kind of led us to what we've been recently doing is we all just get an LTVs and we whip them around and run everyone over. But I agree that it's a little bit empty, and I'll pass it back to you. But yeah, I mean, kind of just what you guys have both been saying about the game. I've been saying it from the beginning. This is definitely one of the this is the buggiest Call of Duty launch that I've played in a, in a while, probably ever, honestly, between I was having issues with campaign with weird glitches where I wasn't able to like restart my checkpoints and had to restart a whole entire level. Um, multiplayer, the same thing. Perks just started working for people who purchased a game a week ago. So overall, this is kind of like a, a little bit of a, a disappointment, I would say, with Warzone 2. There's initial hype, and obviously there's always initial hype with a new release and new product, but then after the hype settles down and you kind of settled and we realized what the product was, I think it was missing a few key pieces in terms of quality, especially what you expected from Call of Duty, which is known to be pretty solid at launch. I mean, I'm not saying it's going to be feature complete. Obviously, that's what they have the additional seasons for, to add new content, to add new maps, add new operators and whatever. But um, it's kind of, it's, I mean, it's a reason why I'm not as in, like enticed to even play it. I've kind of fell off recently with like playing it. There was a point where, you know, I would make a concerted effort to play with the boys every night. But then now, you know, it's like I'd rather playing Colt of the Lamb, having fun with Colt of the Lamb. You know, I'm going to do the same shit in Almazra, same guns, same old deal. And I know that it takes a lot to make these 
games and stuff like that. But with a multiplayer game, you have to you have to have a carrot at the end of the stick, and it doesn't really seem that much of there's not that much of a carrot at the end of the stick, and more of like we're just kind of patching this to make it good. I agree, and it'll be. If it does end up getting delayed and launching on February 15th, it'll be two months since anything has been added to the game. Minus, of course, store bundles get added and rotated okay. very frequently. Yeah. But it'll be two months without content, and I think that's a really bad look when the game hasn't been out for even... I mean, it's the first season. We're I also, really don't think... No, go ahead. We're also not getting the content that we want from the from the store bundle because how long have we been saying where's Rambo where is Rambo where is John McClane where's Mbappe and that's not even that's not even new content just like recycle it I'll we'd all be happy for that I mean that that's that's tempting you know but uh dude yeah tough season I do have to go on record though and say that you know I'm not there for the war or even the quality of the game or even the victory I'm there for the camaraderie I don't care how bad Warzone sucks. I'm still going to play it with you, with you guys. Well, of course, it's it's the main thing that I mean. It's the main thing that you know the boys play to hang out. But it would be ideal if it was good, and so it just. <laughs> I guess I you're right. Yeah, <laughs> it just stinks. the The season two thing, I think, really stinks because every time I've been getting on and playing with with anyone out of our group, it's always been a couple of negative comments and then I try to be positive, but it's getting hard to be positive about it when I'm now like, yeah, what I mean, I hit and I know that I do play a lot, right? It makes sense. Uh, You're listening to a show. We play a lot, but I hit max rank a really long time ago and finished the pass a really long time ago. And so there's like nothing like you're saying, there's, there's not only nothing new, there's no events happening. I'm not earning anything either. So I agree. It feels like I'm just playing to hang out, but there's not really any incentive to play besides that. I don't know. And you it's know, weird. I, I got to say, like, you know, frankly, and this isn't to toot, you know, our own horns. And usually, like, I'm like, you know, I, I'm sort of resurrected to get on the chopper. But, you know, Warzone 2 is not really indicative of how we generally perform as a squad. Like, I wonder if other people are experiencing that. I mean, it's... It's weird. I, I don't know. So I'm ready for season two to happen. And hopefully some of these weird factors that, you know, uh, that are kind of getting us. So we got stuck last night on, on a rock. They had high ground. We had low ground. You know, it's it, it's just some shit like that. It's tough. Stuff like that happens all the time. And then kind of just closing out here with Warzone, I think that what you're saying, yeah, it, it seems difficult and stuff like that. A lot of that comes from, of course, skill-based matchmaking, which they never try to talk about, even though we know it exists. But also, when you have a dwindling player base, the only people that are going to be left are absolute sweats. And that's mm. what happens when you get to the tail end of games, and sometimes it doesn't make it fun. So, you know, whenever they do a new season, people come back. So we'll see what they do. There's definitely a couple of changes they need. If I was to just bullet point them really quick... New points of interest. If you're going to do something with the Gulag, take out the Jailer. Nobody fucking kills him. He's just annoying. <laughs> and the overtime is stupid. Go ahead and add the flag back in there if you want to keep the 2v2. Go ahead and reduce the headshot damage multiplier. And then, I mean, there's not too much more besides that that you need to do. And then just add your general stuff. But, yeah, I mean, that, that's... I do think, yeah, I do think one thing they can add is... 
something that I loved about Verdance. I never got into it, but I know you and Joe, Joe love doing the side shit. There's like the slight, the small stories within the game. Remember the painting shit that you guys always used to do in the beginning with the gas coming in and the codes and even like, like you said, more points of interest, just adding random shit like underground cities like Verdance. Even though it's funny because Verdance is just gray. If you really think about it, it's just shades of gray. It's not really much color, but it's still one of the most like uh, diverse maps. It changed a lot. There was flooding. There was no flooding. There was a, a lot of new points of interest added. And it was just it was ever growing. And it's and the more ever since Blackout, it seems like each Battle Royale map has gotten more and more basic, which is disappointing because you would think it would be the opposite they would learn. I think that there is some, you know, I think it, it there could be some points of discussion there in between after Blackout. Me personally, I do think that I liked Verdansk more than I liked the Blackout map, but I definitely understand that there is less maybe colorful or a whimsical nature to it, and I think that the drab kind of color palette that we remember Verdansk for was more so when it was Cold War. I think it was a little bit more vibrant when it was the first version of it. But either way, it changed frequently. Like you were saying, they did those Easter eggs where we would want to do it because you'd get a blueprint at the end of it or something yeah. fun. And even if you didn't get a blueprint, it's crazy that, yeah, you go into an art museum and then gas is going to come out or you, know, you could play as Bruce Willis and Nakatomi Plaza is added into the mm -hmm. map. So stuff like that. I know that they're doing like these three guest operators and that's great. And they tried to do the soccer stuff. And I say try because I know that they were even a little bit late with having like their Rocket League limited time mode and stuff like that. But at the end of the world, I think the World Cup ended and they added that. Yeah. So they're there. I don't know what is taking so long, especially considering how many studios they have. But They've got to kick it into gear because they, you know, we talked about it here on the show that Modern Warfare 2 had, I think at the time it had like one of the best launches ever, if not the best launch on a weekend for PlayStation Network. So how are you going to fumble that kind of launch and then not keep it supported when it's not like there's no way that they don't know what people want because people are so loud about that game. They want new yeah. multiplayer maps, a.k.a. Don't reskin old ones and keep putting them in. And there's already been multiple maps that were supposed to be in the base lineup that were removed because of copyright issues, which is insane when you're the top selling game every year. You should be able to copy, you should be able to clear copyright issues and not have whole maps removed. We never even played Museum because it was in the beta and didn't end up coming out in the main game. And then there was issue with Crown Raceway and other stuff like that. So. They really they don't even get, copyright the guns. Yeah, they I really mean, need, exactly. Yeah, they change their name <laughs> because they can't even do that. It's on AK forty seven. I just gotta learn the platform names and all the different numbers. So they definitely got some stuff that they need to learn. Like I said, I mean, I could really talk about this forever, but they need to get some shit into gear. I, I I'm really disappointed with a season two delay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, just I I, I do wonder if the Activision Microsoft purchase is affecting development in terms of when i know companies are in transition uh it especially a major transition like how you know we're like becoming a first party studio of microsoft and all that stuff like that i wonder if that's holding up the development because there may be people that are leaving activision because they don't want to be a part of microsoft or vice versa microsoft wants to Im implement their people in activision so I wonder if that has anything to do with it at all. I mean, 
I doubt that it has no effect on the development of the game, but I, I just, like you said, season two is supposed to be planned, like in the chamber, ready to go. From what the from what they were telling us, now that might have been a lie, and it's looking like that may have been a lie because they made it seem. Because from what you told me, wasn't the first two uh, the first two seasons of content were already created, planned, mapped out, and they were working on season three supposedly when the game launched. Correct. There was an interview where they went on record saying that they work two seasons in advance, so they should have theoretically so, been working on season three at the time already so yeah i agree things are not what they seem and it's just a really awful look considering vanguard was the first call of duty in about maybe eight to ten years that i didn't buy so mm-hmm. I, I don't know they got to turn something around i, I it, it's just really ridiculous it, it really is and i mean if players stop playing it then yeah i mean i don't know what other information they need it's gonna happen i just yeah i just don't understand like the model is fortnite so just do what the fuck Fortnite does. I understand that maybe Call of Duty can't go as zany or as wild in terms of like their collabs. And it's not like Fortnite's art design is so minimalist that you can literally throw anybody in there and make it work. You can have freaking Nathan Drake, Tom Holland, Nathan Drake, regular video game Nathan Drake. You can have The Rock in there. You can have Spider-Man and it works because that art style is so minimalist and just kind of like like action figures, like playing with like toys. But like, that's the model. The map is ever changing in Fortnite. They add new modes. They take away whole mechanics. I remember the last season, the whole thing was no build mode and just making it like straight up uh, like a battle royale like Call of Duty was with none of the building stuff. So just, I don't know why, I don't understand how you can't copy. And I know that the, the funds have to be similar. It's not like Epic is that much bigger than Activision. I would imagine that, I mean, both you and Joe are spot on the money that whatever it is, it's something that we can't really understand. And unless they say something, it's kind of just bewildering because it really doesn't make any sense. But uh, uh, unless you guys have anything more to say about it, Joel, you can you can hit us with what you're playing. And then I know I have a number of things left, but I want to make sure we uh, you know switch it around so you can talk about what you've been playing and then I can hit my last couple after that. Um, I've been playing Cult of the Lamb still. Love Cult of the Lamb. Cult of the Lamb is probably my favorite thing I've played so far this year. Um, it's just the life, the uh, Animal Crossing, like life sim stuff of it, and you know, cultivating your cult and growing your cult and making sure you have the devout followers is very, very fun. Uh, naming the characters after real life people adds funny stakes to the game. I learned. I got the ability to uh, bring back the dead. So, uh, Pamela, my girlfriend, she died in the in the in the cult, but I was able to bring her back to life. So she's back with me. And there's already been uh, there's already been multiple of Joes and Marks. There is a Mark Part Two and a Joe Part Two because you guys sadly did have to pass. And I believe one of you had to be sacrificed because if you because once you because there's a part in the game where the your characters reach an old age. And it's either that you're gonna just die naturally or sacrifice to build morale within the group, so you guys can be ascended into the cults of the Lamb Heaven. But uh, now, also, Mark, what you got? You say that you you think one of us has been sacrificed. I'm calling bullshit. Who did you sacrifice? You know who? I'm it not was. quite sure. Yeah, you. I are. have to find out. What I can look at the I can look out? at the grace. Cause I have to look at the grace. Oh, is it happened? Gone, you don't pick. 
I don't pick who dies. Mm. No, no, no. I do pick who gets sacrificed. Mm. But I don't pick who gets hit with old age and starts dying. Like, I know Justin Jeez. is on a part two. Uh, my dog, Bluey, I think is on a part two. Uh, yeah, Everyone's Liz dying. is on Liz is on a part two, too. Uh, Joe's on a part two. Alex is on a part two. My mom is on a part two. It my happens. dad's on a part two. Yeah, everybody gets real. old. Yeah, everybody got old and died. So it's I don't know if you guys died of natural causes. Sometimes I harvest your meat while all the uh, while all the hot, while all the people are sleeping, and then feed the meat back to my cultist so that way you know builds strength. I know but, how uh, I actually, died. How'd you die? I drove a Ford Bronco. Oh my god, fuck you! <laughs> but actually, this you know it's funny. This this behavior that you're implementing right now is very similar to the behavior you were uh, displaying yesterday in my cult. You were becoming one of my dissenters, and I had to put you in prison and re-educate you, so that, to make sure that. And but you know it's funny. Your part two, I gave you a necklace that makes you live longer. So the second version of you will live a lot longer, and you won't die as quickly. All right. Well, I guess there's a light at every tunnel, right? Yeah. But yeah, I had to re-educate you. We're in prison for two days. And sometimes we need to be re-educated. That's that. It just happens that way. <laughs> so yeah. So sometimes that happens. But yeah, Cult of the Lamb, super fun. I'm very excited to get into the Persona uh, remasters. Was a little annoyed that they're not releasing today. They're releasing on a Thursday, which is like, the fuck are you doing? But like, if it's on a Friday, it at least makes sense to me. But for some reason, it's a Thursday. Um, so I'm excited to get into that later this week. Hopefully, talk about that more next show. Same. I'm excited to play that too, even though I know that I learned this week that Persona 3 Portable has some differences from the actual base game. So mm-hmm. just real quickly, I don't have a list or anything with me, but I know that it doesn't have the cutscenes that the regular game has, which is like one of the kind of big omissions. But either way, per Joel's recommendation, I will be playing Persona 4 Golden first regardless. So if I can get through that, then I can worry about the other things. But I think I would probably want to do Persona 4. And then if I get through that, I'll, I'll hit Persona 5 Royal. And then I would go back to Persona 3 is probably the order that I would do it. But I That's agree completely. Thursday, Thursday is kind of a weird day. I, I, know, I, yeah. I saw that too. And I was like, what are we doing here? It's not at the beginning of the week. And it's not close enough. It's not the end of the week. So it's going to get kind of, I don't know. It's a weird placement for it. And you can't pre-order it either, which is... I'm not a big pre-order guy all the time, but I was like, I wanted to buy... I was in the mood. I was like, I want to buy this game. But they don't even have it because I want to buy the bundle that gets both of them because I think both of them are only 40 bucks. That's not bad at all because I honestly thought they were gonna, they could charge 40 for each individually and I think people would pay it. But um, uh, I do agree that the the... If you're new to the Persona series and never experienced Persona and are interested like Mark is... The order that you said, I think, is the ideal route to go. Persona 4 Golden. Because it's like, once you play Persona 5 Royal and Persona 5, even if you play the original Persona 5, you're not going to, it's harder to go back. But once you've beaten uh, 4 Golden and 5 Royal, you'll be so entrenched in Persona that you would want to be, you'd want to go back to Persona 3 just because you're already indoctrinated. You already became a full weave. Yeah, I agree. Sounds good. And then, do you have anything else to say about Persona? I have nothing else to say. So you want to talk hit, about what you've been playing? I'll just hit mine quickly here, and then we can get into the news proper. But Fallout 76, I'm continuing on there. They had a double XP weekend, and I am now level 42 in the game. So, progressing nicely. 
I'm messaging a couple of my PSN friends every couple of days. We're sharing our progress because we're all trying to get the platinum. And so there's a couple of trophies that require you to have somebody else, but there's not a lot, which is nice. A lot of it you can do solo. So we're helping each other out without shout out to them. And then um, Devil May Cry 2 in here. The reason why that is there is I went to hop back into that because Devil May Cry 5, the PS5 version, is now on plus. So technically they're you know numbered so i kind of wanted to do i already beat devil may cry one not that long ago so i'm gonna do two now but speaking about re-education and something that we keep talking about here is me saying that i'm enjoying things and seeing games in a new way now that i'm a little bit more mature demon souls is really hitting and i'm starting to feel like i might have like finally clicked and understood like what i need to know and I can do all the Souls games. Now, I, I feel like I say that every now and then, but I, you know, I'm really enjoying it. So I was playing Demon Souls. I killed the first boss, you know, earlier today, and then I'm just playing through it and enjoying it. So really enjoying that. And then Elden Ring, I'm also playing on the side too. But Demon Souls, I just wanted to say that it's a really beautiful game and I want to play all the other Souls games, but man, there is there is kind of nothing like a PlayStation game in terms of how good it looks. Like Demon's Souls looks way better than Elden Ring does, I think. I mean, yeah, no. I I played a little bit of Demon's Souls. I'm not the biggest Demon's Souls or Souls person in general, but I did play both and Demon's Souls does look crazy. Like the Blue Point remake is probably one of the best looking. I mean, that makes sense. It is a it is a native PS5 game. It's one of the three native PS5 games. So it does look great. I'm glad to hear that it's finally, like, or not finally clicking. I know you you get a little more progress in each of them that you keep on trying. Um, but, I mean, Demon's Souls is iconic. I would want to get back into it. But it's just, you know, I don't, I don't think, I don't think those Souls games will work for me. But, you know, talking about getting older and trying out new things, um, we were talking about the uh, January picks for PlayStation Stars, as always. And I was almost convincing myself to try out Midnight Suns, because it is one of the games that is on the list that you buy. If you don't know about PlayStation Stars. Little reward system. They give you a list of, like, five games that you buy, and you get an extra 50 coins. Midnight Suns is one of them. And uh, I did want to... I was thinking about part buying it if Persona didn't come out this month. And then also I was just thinking about trying a new type of game because I, I don't really have that much experience with the XCOM tactical style of game. I think I remember us getting it on Plus during the PlayStation 3 era and trying it for like literally two seconds and not really grasping it. And also like that's not a game I think most like 12 year olds would like anyways. So maybe coming to that kind of style of game, trying that out now, maybe it might click a little bit better. Just like the same thing with JRPGs clicking with me later on than they were or like late college in my now 20s mid 20s now can like like appreciate jrpgs more so maybe eventually the souls will click with me but i agree taking taking these games piece by piece and not getting overwhelmed is key and Mm -hmm. so at the moment that's I i will say at least demon souls is the only souls game i beat i beat it when it came out on ps3 but I did that heavily in co-op, so I kind of have that flagged. So I want to do it by myself this time. Now, I don't really have too much else to say about what I've been playing. If you guys don't have anything else to say, then we can get into the news proper. I think I think it's time to get into the, to the news. All right, news, starting off news, here news, news. with number one, 
which there might not be a whole lot to say about. However, it's important that we cover these because when games don't have this now, it is a problem. So, mm-hmm. Hogwarts Legacy has gone ahead and detailed their graphics modes for PlayStation 5. There will be a fidelity mode that will run at 30 frames a second, and then there's a performance mode that will target 60 frames per second. Mm. Not a whole lot more than just that. However, I do think it is important to note the keyword that it will target 60 frames, and so I'm glad that there is a performance mode, but I will say I'm a little bit surprised that they're saying a performance mode is not 60 locked because we get frequent modes now that at least lock 60 and will target higher, but... It will target 60, which makes sense why they also delayed the last generation versions. Joel, what say you on these graphic modes? Uh, don't like to target 60, especially when it's a PlayStation 4 game. You know, I feel like PlayStation 4 games, honestly, on the next-gen console should be lock 60 and the possible targeting 120 mode for me personally. It's what I think they should be at. God of War Ragnarok's done it. Uh, Deathloop's done it. Deathloop did it, and it's a PS5 only game. So, I think that yeah, definitely the targeting 60 is not cool. I I do think the I mean fidelity being a 30 that's cool. I, I don't play games at fidelity. I think the games look great enough. Any at this point at performance 60, they look. I can't. My eye, my brain doesn't really notice the difference now. And I have a great TV, but HDR. You know, the whole the whole shebang. You got the HDMI 2.1 or 2.2, whatever the hell it is. So I, I can I take advantage of all of that. And for me, still performance mode is I, I care more about how the game plays and feels than how it looks. And it doesn't look bad. So, yeah, I agree. I mean, it's an interactive medium and it's so it's so noticeable now when you boot up a game and it launches in 30 after moving around Mm -hmm. for a couple of seconds i'm just like oh i know something is wrong let me check the graphics settings real quick so the targeting i agree is a little bit worrisome but i know this is still a game that people are really excited for and i do have more information which i will go over now so in addition to well uh, in terms of official releases they talked about the graphics modes but unofficially we did have a like uh, Hogwarts Legacy art book leak, and so there's a couple of things that we can get out of this leak. I won't be covering all of them because some of it is kind of spoiler territory, but I'll kind of note that as I go through it. So Twitter user Bigby shared images that show the character inventory menu, an early version of the game's world map, and some bios of characters. More info was posted throughout the day, but it seems the game's length was also hinted at at being around 35 hours to complete, and around 75 hours to 100% completion of all side quests. Now, I, me personally, I'm curious what that means in terms of like platinuming it, because even though they say 75 hours for 100% completion, they say side quests. So, I mean, what about completing everything? We don't know what the trophy list looks like. That's just something I'm curious about. But also, there is a lot of more information if you're somebody that's really curious about that. They go into detailing some missions and side missions and stuff like that. However, I don't want to talk about that here because I feel like that's spoiler territory. Hogwarts Legacy comes out on February 10th, 2023, so it's coming in hot. In terms of the length, I mean, 35 hours sounds pretty normal out of a game like this, and 75 hours to complete all side quests sounds fine by me. Uh, what do you think about this? Um, I feel like that's pretty standard fare for modern AAA open semi-open world i'm assuming it's kind of like a god of war where it's like very detailed areas i don't think it's going to be full open world um but uh 
I mean, it sounds like standard fare, honestly. 35 hours to complete uh, does just um, make me a little nervous in terms of the story because I was hoping to get a good story. Not saying the story's going to be bad, but it is hard to pace a 35-hour story. I mean, I agree with that. I I think that it's doing a 35-hour story... And what are you going to try to be, Red Dead? I know Red Dead's way longer. I'm not saying that it's... Yeah. yeah I know Red Dead is way, way longer, but still, like, I, I'm saying that... that That's is a, a master long story too. to tell. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I know that... The other, I guess, side information is I know that the voice actress for the... One of the voice actresses in the game talked about a couple of, like, ways that you could die, and she mentioned that you can get, like, torched by a dragon or you could fall off a broom when you're flying, and you can hear her, like death recordings for those just something else i wanted to add in but in terms of the story i know that this is a game that i would say i'm kind of interested in but i know you're a little bit more excited for it so i look at the for me i'm kind of just looking at the 75 hours for a side quest but i'm really interested what their actual like you want 100 percent the game is because i wouldn't want to hear like a dying light to like 500 hours yeah, know. and I think that that wasn't even covering the platinum for Dying Light. That was doing like every everything. The platinum, I think you do get a little bit earlier than that. But even then, yeah, the game's not. I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of games being bloated just for being bloated sakes. Hopefully, if it's 75 hours worth of side quests, the side quests are meaningful, add context to the world, add something to the story, and I'm not just kind of like filler. But, um, I mean, yeah, Hogwarts Legacy, I am excited for, but the targeting 60 frames does put me a little bit at edge. I'll see what reviews say about it. And I mean, I hope it's good. I really don't even know what the combat is. I'm assuming it's just like kind of like you press R2, shoot out spells and stuff like that. But I would like to see maybe a little bit more about the combat or watch a review just to see exactly how you kind of interact with the game. I do think the, like, again, the, the thing that really draws me in is just like kind of the bully vibes in terms of just being in school. Yeah, I, d- I definitely understand that. And then, me personally, I don't have too much else to say on it. Do you have anything else to say for Hogwarts? That's all I'm good. I'm good on the hog. Right, well, unfortunately, we're going to go ahead and be disappointing you a little bit more with our next story. <laughs> this one was a little bit rough, but we'll go ahead and get through it. So, there was a leaked Suicide Squad image that appears to confirm a battle pass, numerous currencies, and more. Now, this image has been confirmed by a VGC source as a recent test build showing the in-game menu for the upcoming Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. The image can be found on Twitter or VGC, originally coming from 4chan, and the contents are as follows. It shows a menu with the four characters in a chapter select screen. The game can be played solo with three bots, or you can play it in co-op with friends, but there's also matchmaking, which is in the menu. Each character had two different leveling systems. So, you know, by each character, you'd see like 25 and 12. So we don't know what those are, but there's multiple leveling systems per character. There were six currencies showed at the top. And then the tabs are as follows. Squad, looks, talents, social, battle pass, store, codex, and options. At the moment, Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League is releasing on May 26, 2023, after several delays and about eight years in development. Now, I'll go ahead and throw it over to you in a second, but just kind of going over the tabs, I'm sure squad is just going to be, you know, who you're playing with. Looks is going to be your cosmetics. Talents is probably a skill tree. Social is where you're going to invite people. Battle passes, I guess, kind of the interesting thing about this. I know that 
I don't know exactly who it was that came out, but I know somebody came out and said like, hey, it's just going to be cosmetic stuff, which it's a campaign co-op game. So I don't really know what other stuff you would be putting it anyway, but there is a battle pass system and there is a store. And for me personally, this is a little bit disappointing to see because the first thing it makes me think of is Avengers, but I want to hear your take on it. Um, I pulled up the screenshot just to take a look at myself and I'm looking at the Twitter responses uh, and it seems like everybody's kind of similar boat with you uh, with the whole Avengers thing. Um, this gives me Gotham Knights vibes. This is definitely not ideal. Just seeing this uh, screenshot of it, it's like, why can't games just be games? Like, this is, uh, not to bring up this game again, but this is why like I did... Like, I appreciated Callisto Protocol for just being a game, and there's no... I mean, there's a season pass and stuff like that, but, like, you can just play it front to back, no fucking loading screens, no loadouts, none of this, none of this. But this, yeah. I mean, to be fair, though, this was expected of this game. It was multiplayer, so we did know that there was going to be loadouts, there was going to be a squad thing, but just, just this screen, this, this image is just... This looks like Warzone 2, this looks like Fortnite, this looks like every... This looks like Destiny 2. It looks like every game. You just load up with your guys. You show off what your skins are. And it's... I don't know. It's a little disappointing with just these live service games in general. And I hope eventually that they kind of die off. And they... they the, the copycatness. I know it takes a while for games to be in development. So when they copycat ideas from five, six years ago, now they're going to manifest in all these live service games. Um, I hope it's not ass like Avengers. That's all I really hope for. But... That's really, I mean, that's really all I have to say about this. Um, if it runs at 30, then that's definitely a definite nail like uh, Gotham Knights. Here's my thing. My thing with the Battle Pass is, you know, it's in a lot of games and that's one thing. I have a problem with it being in a $70 game. Now, I know that somebody might want to come out and be like, oh, well, it's in Call of Duty. That's true, but Warzone is a free component of that. So there is still a free entry point. And then they want you to get a battle pass and that kind of thing. I think asking for 70 up front and then asking for a battle pass and then also having a store feels like a lot. I, It's one of those things where I wouldn't like it no matter what. But if it's in a game that really earned it, I might not have as much of an issue with it. But it just it, it, it just comes off as... I don't know. You're asking a lot. You're probably going to sell a lot of copies. If anything, the only thing that this announcement is going to do is make you sell less copies. So I don't, I wonder if they take, which is why this is leaked. Yeah. I I mean, I wonder if the people, you know, the bean counters, no offense. I'm an accountant actually in real life too, but I, you know, I wonder if these people take into account like, Hey, well, if we show this stuff, we could potentially lose X number of sales. And those are full price purchases. Is that going to be worth what we would gain from a battle pass? I don't know if it will. I mean, Avengers famously did not make the money back that they wanted to make because a game like that, especially if it's not PvP, you're not going to bring a lot of people in if people aren't in at launch. There's only so much grinding people will enjoy. But I agree. I mean, playing Callisto Protocol, it's nice to just play a game and enjoy the story. I mean, that's kind of what it should be. I understand you want to do like a season pass and some extra stuff, but... There's a right way to do it and there's a wrong way to do it. I think the wrong way to do it is, of course, is to not be kind of upfront about it. We know it was a co-op game, but that doesn't always mean there's a battle pass, right? Like Borderlands doesn't have a battle pass. 
Me personally, I would really feel weird if it did. It doesn't make sense once you complete the game. You can go through it again if you want to, but I feel like a battle pass is really for something that you're just going to continuously play. So I still think the game looks good. I will wait a little bit more to see what comes out of it, although I will say this is definitely a first kind of flag in the in the air as kind of a negative thing. But I think, yeah, temper expectations with this one because... And I don't even... I wouldn't even fully blame Rockstar, not Rockstar, my bad, Rocksteady for the for the game and what it becomes because this may be just a publisher issue with WB. We saw them with Gotham Knights. A lot of people said that it's, it's a live service game with no live service aspects of it. And it just ha- like it's a live service game that has live service grinding, but it's not it wasn't built for it. So I just hope that those same issues don't appear here. And I agree. I thought Suicide Squad was going to be more in the vein of uh, Borderlands, where it is co-op, but it tells a story, regardless of whether you think it's good or not. I know Borderlands comedy can be kind of divisive with people, but it tells a story, and it's a product that you can finish front to back, either by yourself or with a group, and it doesn't feel like it's trying to take extra dollars out of your pocket. Like, with the multiple, with the numerous currencies, that's... That's a red flag for me. I don't like that. Even though I know Borderlands also has numerous currencies, but it can all be earned in-game. That's the thing. I'm calling one thing right now that if they do this, it'll be really shitty, but I just want to throw it out there. The fact that you have to play with bots, I'm going to put money on when you don't. I I guess even if you do, but if you don't have premium shit, I bet you they're going to make sure the bots are wearing premium skins, and you can see that. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, yeah. I mean that that's it's that's smart marketing on their end. I think that, that that's that's smart marketing. It's bad. It's predatory. But that's just kind of like the state of these live service games. I do think that each of them releasing and failing is a, at least uh, us as gamers kind of telling the industry that we don't want this. Don't invest your time and money because these live service games are not cheap at all to make. The reason that all these uh, companies invest in building them and making them. And like Avengers lost money, but if Avengers hits, that's making billions of dollars like Fortnite and other live service games. So that's why they keep on trying to do this. But uh, I just hope that's not that I, I don't want Suicide Squad to be bad. I don't know if it's bad yet, but if it's not, a, if it's like an Avengers game, Gotham Knights style game where it's kind of empty, it's really just focusing on this monetary kind of like buying shit and grinding out and playing meaningless levels again and again and just repeating stuff and kind of not having a good story because Suicide Squad, all the trailers and stuff like that, doesn't really, it's focusing on the story of the game. So if that's ass, then for me, this game is ass. Yeah, we're, we're going to find out. I hope that we just don't get false marketing. And I, for me, I know that the six currencies has me feeling some kind of way too. I don't know what level six? of like, yeah, six. I don't know what kind of like crafting or battle pass. It's a lot of currencies, but... We have that, and it's going to be what it is. We're going to find out more about it. At the moment, I'm still cautiously optimistic, although we, you know, we've been playing games long enough to know the industry that we can kind of see some of these flags a long way off. So hopefully they don't, they don't do not to you know put it up in a, in a bad light, but we're going to talk about it later here with Callisto kind of doing its reviews coming out on the same day. Stuff like that is a really bad look, and so... I'm hoping that we see some positive stuff come out of Suicide Squad or just that the game is good. But at the moment, that's pretty much all I have for it. I I just hope it's good. 
Yeah. The only thing I would add too is that this is a bad year to be fucking around with these kind of games. Saints Row, Gotham Knights sold last year because there wasn't a lot of shit being released, especially in the AAA sense. Suicide Squad, if it's not going to be having stellar reviews or they're going to be doing what Callista did, holding back reviews, it will not sell well and it will be more of like a financial flop than even those two previous games because this year's packed with shit. So there's going to be good shit to be playing. So Suicide Squad really can't be fucking up because it's a competitive market this year. I agree. And I mean, I, yeah, I totally agree. And so we're going to take a look here at the, so NPD has revealed their, the best selling games of 2022 in the United States. So it's good to get these stats and we're going to look at what's been selling the most. And, you know, we can glean some info on what makes the most money because again, these live service games just backing off of the last story is that a lot of them try to come out, but there's really very few that are successful. So just going ahead and taking a look at this, they released the list of the, top 10 games that were best-selling 2022 in the u.s number one is call of duty modern warfare 2 number two elden ring three madden 23 four god of war ragnarok five lego lego star wars the skywalker saga six pokemon scarlet and violet which is crazy because i know that game's ass seven broken fifa 23 eight pokemon legends arceus another ass game nine Horizon Forbidden West and number 10 MLB The Show 22. Now, I'm only passing judgments on those games because I know that critically a lot of people just they're not well received and then we're going to get our sports games and you know, the other they stand out here kind of MW2, Elden Ring, Ragnarok and Horizon. And then they go ahead and also talk about December is best selling game, so I'll go ahead and list those off too as well. Remember these are only in the US this list. Number one being Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Number two, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Number three, God of War Ragnarok. Four, Madden 23. Five, FIFA 23. Six, Sonic Frontiers. Seven, Elden Ring. Eight, Need for Speed Unbound. Number nine, Mario Kart 8. And number 10, Crisis Core Final Fantasy 7 Reunion. Joel, do you know what is missing on that list? Callisto Protocol. Callisto Protocol is not even in the top 10. And so we're going to go ahead and just blend straight to the next story. And then we can kind of go over all of this as we see it. Although there's normally not that many surprises on what's the year's best-selling games. But in terms of the month, since Callisto is still fresh in our minds too, I wanted to go ahead and cover this. So Callisto Protocol reportedly hasn't met its publisher's sales expectations. According to the publisher, the Callisto Protocol has struggled to recoup its $162 million budget. During development, the title was considered a quadruple A title and no expense was spared. The Callisto Protocol was expected to sell around 5 million copies. However, they are struggling to reach cumulative sales of 2 million copies at the moment. Now, in comparison, Resident Evil 8 reached 6 million copies sold in its first six months. And I just want to say, who are the clowns that they have putting these expectation numbers well, like, how are you going to think Callisto Protocol is going to sell like Resident Evil 8? Yeah, um, I was just doing some quick maths. So you said it's 165 to develop the game, right? 162 million. USD. 162. I rounded it, it up to 200 because I'm, I'm incorporating marketing. So I'm assuming that they probably spent another $38 million in marketing. Because Callisto Protocol, I don't know. I know you don't watch TV or sports like that. 
but it was getting live action ads. So it was getting ad space. And that just from that quick math of 200 million divided by 70, it looks like it would have to probably sell around 2.8, 2.9 million copies to like recoup the money that it costs to make the game. And that's me rounding to 200 million for marketing. That may have differed. It may have been 180 or whatever, but it should be like, like you just mentioned, it should be selling around 2 million copies to make back its money. Um, I'm not shocked. People were very hyped. So here's the thing. People were hyped. But it was the gamers. The gamers in quotes. I'm doing quotations with my fingers. It's the gamers and in, in, in Twitter, which is not real life. Which is, nobody knows who the fuck Glenn Schofield is. Nerds, are, nerds like us are excited that Glenn Schofield's coming back. But the people that are buying Mario Kart, the people that are buying these Pokemon games, the people that are buying Lego Star Wars and FIFA and Madden, uh, don't give a shit about that at all. All they care about is the reviews. And honestly, when people see that it's a 7 out of 10 and they see that it's $70, they're like, eh, it's not really worth it, in my opinion. I'll wait for it to go on Game Pass. I'll wait for it to be on Plus. I'll wait for it to be on sale. Also, I think would hurt Callisto Protocol. Not a part of the PlayStation holiday sale at all. Well, Need for Speed Unbound was there, and it was only like a week or two old, but they had like, you know, they had it for like 47 48 bucks. Um so yeah, I mean, I think that Callisto Protocol obviously is underwhelming in terms of critical acclaim, but also now the fiscal side of it is also it's underperforming. So yeah, kind I of, think kind of shocking, honestly, how bad I, it sold. I agree. I, I I think it is kind of surprising. Although I will say, I was kind of had to pick my job off the floor when I saw 162 million dollars. I don't. I don't see how it's possible that they spent that much money on the game, to be honest. Now, I thought it was like 80, not, 100 million at the most. Yeah, I might not know the laundry list kind of exact ticket price for each item, but the only thing that really felt of the highest quality was the way the game visually looked. But you don't have a big cast of characters. They claimed they're A-list, but I mean, let's be real. You didn't really have anyone A-list. You had, uh, you know, like five, maybe six voiced characters. The campaign is not that long. You reuse a lot of the same enemies. The combat system is not that diverse. Now, I'm not trying to shit on the game. I still enjoy the game. But the reason I'm bringing these things up to say that... Now, I know this is kind of maybe a stark comparison because it's an, an exceptional example of it, but a game like Control being made for $30 million compared to this being made for $162 million. I feel like the thing here is this is where I think probably producers or just the company behind it is probably really important. The fact that they said during development no expense was spared, you you should be paying close attention. Why are we spending money on this? Is it going to be cut out of the game? I mean, we don't know what portions of the game were developed. Maybe they made a huge set piece and then they were like, you know what? We're not going to use it. That's probably just not a smart use of money. I'm not saying that that is what happened, but $162 million is a lot. And they got to set their expectations a little bit better. I think this is part of what we kind of say he, here too, where I wonder if they were like, oh, well, we've got Glenn Schofield attached. So this is going to sell like hotcakes. I mean, it's not. People don't know that. And... Yeah, at the end of the day, it's going to be your reviews. And then also, you got to keep in mind, survival horror is not... I mean, it's famously one of the genres that doesn't sell a ton. It's nice to get an expensive game. 
But to be honest, I don't even know if Resident Evil spends that kind of money on no. their titles. Like, I'm not sure. I mean, I'm sure I can go online and find it, and maybe I should do that. But I can't imagine Resident Evil 8 even costs the same amount as this. So it but just. But the cost might be also, I just looked up, uh, Striking Distance is located in California. So they got to pay those people buku bucks to live there. Gotcha. Well, either way, it is uh, unfortunate. And. That's the the sales the sales numbers and at some point I'm sure me and Joel will talk about the game in in more full but in addition to these sales numbers PlayStation Blog also releases a list of the top downloads from the store in December 22 uh 2022 and I thought it'd be interesting to go over those They did say that they will be posting the top downloads from next year as well. If you guys are wondering why I'm going in and out of my mic, it's because my phone will not recognize my face. Give me one second. Okay, no words. All right, I'm in. Top security, (laughs) we're in. Okay, so PlayStation Store, December 2022's top downloads. Now, this is for US. It's 20 on here. So number one is Modern Warfare 2, 2 FIFA 23, 3 NBA 2K23, 4 GTA 5, NFL 23 at 5, number 6, Callisto Protocol. 7, God of War Ragnarok. 8, Need for Speed Unbound. 9, Elden Ring. 10, Crisis Core. 11, Miles Morales. 12, Gotham Knights. 13, Witcher 3. 14, Midnight Suns. 15, Cyberpunk. 16, Fallen Order. 17, NHL 23. 18, GT7. 19, Sonic Frontiers. And 20, The Last of Us Part 1. So, I'm wondering exactly how these numbers are calculated, but it's interesting to, to see Callisto Protocol at number six and then not see it even be in the top 10 of December's sales. So I don't, I don't really, I mean, I'm assuming the downloads is just like, you know, if somebody deletes something and redownloads it, it counts, but it's still an interesting statistic to see. Um, I think the top downloads are the purchases though. So I, I can see it selling well, especially on PlayStation. Cause I feel like it was, he- it's not a PlayStation exclusive, but it's marketed in that way. Yes, say. that's true. It's and there of, was a big splash for A lot of PlayStation branding. It. Yeah, there was this big splash for it as soon as you hopped on the store. It was the first sponsored box. That's true. So, yeah, I can definitely see that. Um, I'm really happy that Need for Speed Unbound and Crisis Core seem like they sold pretty well. Need for Speed Unbound, solid game. Crisis Core, fantastic remake. Also probably super great for Square Enix in terms of financial because that's the flip-in where that game probably... I mean, it's a remaster. I would honestly say that game is probably in the 15 to 30 million at max to, to remaster and make. And then they are probably making a great revestment on in turn. Good ROI. Yeah, game's awesome. Right? Crisis Core is really good. Yeah, ROI, return on investment. Good stuff. But, uh, but actually, Mark, I don't know if you noticed that. I just looked on the PlayStation blog, but they I do actually have the top downloads of 2022 if you want to just go through those top 10 real quick or if you want me uh, to go through the top 10. Can you go ahead and go through them? I don't have it pulled up. Good find. No worries. All right, so this is starting from 10. We're going to go all the way up to 1. So uh, number 10 is Dying Light 2. Number 9 is Gran Turismo 7. Number 8 is Horizon Forbidden West. Number 7 is FIFA 23. Number six is Grand Theft Auto V. Number five is Madden NFL 23. Number four is Elden Ring. Number three is NBA 2K23. Number two is God of War Ragnarok. And number one is Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. And um, another highlight for this, uh, just a shout out for you, because it was your game of the year last year, Sifu was 18. 
I'm glad. I didn't expect it to even be on the list. Yes, I, I know you would appreciate that. But honestly, very similar to MPD's uh, top 10, uh, excluding the Nintendo stuff. But um, but yeah, I mean, it's a pretty predictable year. Then you have your mainstays, your big sports games, your Call of Duties. You got Grand Theft Auto in there. And then you obviously you would know that you would assume the PlayStation exclusives would sell well on the PlayStation Store. Um, so, yeah, pretty standard fair list. Nothing really too shocking. Was Dying Light 2 at 10 is a little impressive, honestly. I agree. I hope I hope that next year is a little bit more shaken up. I know that we're always going to get our staples, but too much of the list is kind of just series that we know very well and is predictable. Yeah, agreed. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's kind of spoke, it's been spoken on, but, you know, last year wasn't the greatest year for games. Don't think it was as bad as people made it out to be, but, um, but yeah, even, oh, I saw another article here. It says U.S. gaming, U.S. game spending dips 5% in 2022. So that speaks to even the, the lack of interest from the market. I think that's probably a combination of lack of interest, but also more people going back to work and not being home. I think that we're, that's probably going to start tapering out soon, but I feel like that probably adds into it too. Yeah. I mean, I could also see it bounce back to the next year. Look, this year, I mean, not next year, this year, the year we're in right now is going to be crazy. I mean, this week we're already starting to get the beginning of it with Persona 5, or not Persona 5, Persona 3 and 4 remastered, and then Dead Space is coming out two weeks. Yeah, it comes out the 27th. The 27th, so actually next Friday. So yeah, a little, little little, less than two weeks. So it's going to start already. The the iceberg is going to already start approaching of 2023 in the mountain of games. And quickly looking back, so I we do have the 26th annual DICE Awards nominees. I'm not going to go through all of them. I'm only going to mention a couple of awards, and I'll list those out that are of interest. But it's mm-hmm. nice to look at these and just kind of see what they pick every now and then. So, Outstanding Achievement in Story, Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, I Was a Teenage Exocolonist, Immortality, or Norco. Action Game of the Year, Bayonetta 3, Grounded, Neon White, Sifu, and Vampire Survivors. I okay. like that here they actually have a racing game of the year, and it's not just in sports, but racing game of the year is F122, Gran Turismo 7, or Need for Speed Unbound. Let's okay. see what else we've got here. Outstanding achievement for an independent game, Immortality, Neon White, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Shredder's Revenge, Tunic, and Vampire Survivors. And then their game of the year is going to be Elden Ring, God of War, Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Stray, or Vampire Survivors. Oh, wow. Vampire Survivors. That's nice. I, I know a lot think, of people fuck with that. Uh, yeah, that I mean, I shocking. still think uh, Vampire Survivors and Stray both are not. I mean, Stray is one <laughs> that I really, I really don't understand to this day. I will die on that hill of saying, like, sure, it's a good game arguably a great game i don't even know it's even stretching a little bit far but game of the year i mean let's get fucking real here is anyone playing that game more than one time industry plant for sure that's 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 all i have to say about stray it's the closest thing to an industry plant within the gaming industry it's nice to see sifu get at least one nomination and they didn't nominate it in the fighting game category which i appreciate because it is not a fighting game 
Yeah, you know, you know, Jeff Keighley plays fast and loose with the numbers. He's trying to get everybody some love and, the, and he's trying to give everybody some highlights. Yeah, but that the list was the list was nice. It's good to look at it. I think for game of the year, at least what they had picked. I mean, probably Elden Ring, right? I mean, would you think it's going to be anything different? No, I think Elden Ring is even me who hasn't played it. I think Elden Ring is the game of the year for 2022 in terms of just the narrative of the year, the culture of gaming. Everybody was in love with it. Everybody kept on referencing it. It didn't never felt like it died off. And it seems Elden Ring honestly seems like a game of the generation. Like it's going to be in that conversation once this generation wraps up. So no, no shock that it will be game of the year. I totally agree. When a game comes out and it reaches social groups outside of video games, that's when you know it's going to be a huge hit. So I totally agree with that. And then, I mean, this next game makes... I mean, this game is going to make waves, I think, personally. We're talking about Coffee Talk 2. This game is going to be huge. So this is just me talking about a sequel to a game that I enjoyed that nobody probably cares about. Coffee Talk Episode 2 Hibiscus and Butterfly launches April 20th, 2023. So this is a... Uh, independent game where you basically you're a barista in like an urban fantasy setting and it has like a lo-fi soundtrack to it very relaxing surprised that it's getting a second one i was also a barista in real life so i maybe i connected with the game more so for that but wanted to just throw that in here that announcement came by way of gamatsu and so i don't know it's just nice to see some it's nice to see sequels for games when you don't expect them yeah, I mean, I know you were a big fan. You platinum Coffee Talk, right? No, I didn't platinum it. I just enjoyed it, but I haven't platinum it. Oh, I thought it did. I thought you had. It has a platinum though, correct? It does. I'm not just yeah, no, okay. no, it does. So yeah, I mean, you gotta you gotta champion the smaller games, even on the smallest of reach that we have. You know, whatever we love, we gotta support, especially the indies. Everybody's gonna be talking about fucking Hogwarts, Dead Space, Resident Evil. We need Stray to highlight too. the shit that we. Straight too. We need to highlight the small games that we love. So, yeah, Coffee Talk too. Shout out. I mean, and then talking talking about sequels. You know, I know that failed to meet sales expectations, but I would like a Callisto too. I definitely would, but I don't. Now seeing the sales and the critical reception, I don't. I don't know if that's going to be happening. I agree. I don't know if it's going to be happening either. So that that I mean that's unfortunate. It, it was fun and. Uh, coming back to, I mean, you know, minus the fact that they need to fix the fucking trophy list, which I guess I should bring up every episode until it does. But I think that I look back on it more positively. Regardless of my criticisms, I still had a good experience with it and I had fun. Yeah. I mean, I think at this point, you might as well just. I think I haven't tried the hard playthrough, but if I did, I would delete the game, delete my saves, and then try to do it that way. I'll wait until Rainfall. somebody confirms that that works because I know I have seen people saying that they've done those steps and it still hasn't worked. So until somebody else says um, it, I'm not going to do my. And I mean, it's not a long game, but I'm not going to do my six-hour, seven-hour playthrough. Just for, probably less than that, but I don't want to do that and then not get the platinum again. Plus, I think if anything, if I lose track or I get distracted, because there are going to be so many games coming out this year, if I lose track of it, whenever the story expansion comes out, I'm sure or I would hope that it'd be fixed by then. And maybe at that point, I just do a hard playthrough and then play the expansion. So kind of looking at it that way, maybe it's a reason to return later down the line. 
Yeah, I was honestly just waiting for the um, new game plus, so that way I can just like mow through the maximum security difficulty. Because I know you said it wasn't easy, but I'm pretty sure it definitely would be super, or it was easy, and I'm pretty sure it would be super easy with all my upgraded shit. So, and you did all the collectibles already, like a uh, like top G, top J, top like, J, Joel, like a top J. By, my, by myself, no gods. Yeah, I didn't do that. See, I did I did the main game and then I did a playthrough with Well, I did the playthrough with collectibles. That was my hard playthrough, but mm-hmm. I, that slowed my my playthrough down for sure. Yeah, so I don't I'm just going to breeze through whenever I get to that point. But I mean, you know, yeah, you know it'd be cool if it did add like a weapon or two for the I mean, it could update. use it. It could use it. It would be fun. I agree. But we let's see so we've got a unless there's anything else you wanted to say about callisto um no i think i think that's that's all honestly yeah it was a pretty succise episode for you today or for whenever you're listening to this on go for bronze you know we still have a finally story. an episode clock oh we do have another we story still have oh, a wow. story we've got bonus content bonus episode bonus content never mind i was about to i was getting gear in the land of plane nah, bonus, bonus story and we saved a good one uh for last year so the metal gear rising voice actor quentin flynn claims that there might be some announcements in the coming weeks so quentin flynn has played raiden in or raiden in metal gear solid 2 4 and rising Last week, he tweeted a video advertising his cameo page, and someone replied saying that the 10th anniversary of Metal Gear Solid Revi- Rising would be in February. I kind of combined the words because it's it's Metal Gear Solid Rising Revengeance, but I didn't type mm-hmm. Revengeance, so I kind of combined the words. Anyway, when asked about the 10th anniversary, the voice actor said, stay tuned for things to be announced in the coming weeks. Now, Video Games Chronicle has previously reported that a Singapore-based studio, Virtuous, has been working on an unannounced AAA action-adventure remake following a report that they've been handed the Metal Gear Solid license. Modern ports for the classic games are also planned, and there's been a rumor of a remake of the original Metal Gear Solid for a very long time. I'm thinking maybe if this Konami kind of comeback is to stay on course, then maybe we'll get a stream similar to the silent Hill transmission that could maybe give a big update to like, Hey, this is what metal gear is doing. These are the projects that we have announced. And we see now that with silent Hill Two remake being a PlayStation console exclusive, I wouldn't rule out getting an announcement of maybe a metal gear solid remake in a transmission from Konami. And I believe even with the Silent Hill transmission, that was announced pretty quickly from when they announced it to when it aired. And I remember it aired either right after or right before Resident Evil Showcase. So, I mean, this is good news, right? I mean, Metal Gear is something that me and you are not super familiar with, but after getting super deep into Death Stranding, I mean, I'm I'm down to go back and play them. What do you think about this? Yeah, I mean, Death Stranding, uh, Death Stranding got me into the Hideo Kojima hype train, got me to buy in. So, I will, I would definitely appreciate a Metal Gear remake or Metal Gear Solid. My bad, not Metal Gear the NES game, but Metal Gear Solid. Um, just because it's a series that I know that I would like. I think it has everything that I want in terms of a story. It has political intrigue, espionage. It's campy. It's and it has, you know, it kind of has a little bit of everything that I would like. It's just the gameplay itself is just unbearable. Um, 
If you haven't played Metal Gear Solid, the original, go just look up gameplay. I wouldn't even venture off to go try to find a copy to play yourself because it is awful. I played it on the PlayStation Classic. I think you were there when we were trying to play it, and it was just... It's, it's just, just not good. It's just old. It's dated. It's, just it's old. extremely dated. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, uh, agreed. You're not going to get the full enjoyment out of it because the game stops you from enjoying it. Exactly. So I think that I can have a Resident Evil esque love for this franchise retroactively with remakes. Uh, I became a fan of Resident Evil with the PlayStation 4 generation. So I definitely can see that happening with Metal Gear Solid. This generation, if they want to start releasing remakes of it, because. Just like the let's just like Resident Evil. I knew I would like it. I like the subject matter. It's just the games were not playable for me personally. But Metal Gear Solid is even worse than that because I've played the original Resident Evil remastered before and even got some enjoyment out of that. But Metal Gear Solid even takes it a step further with how just obtuse the gameplay is. Just not doesn't really have any of the modern um, calling cards of gameplay. Like if you hand it to modern day gamers, they wouldn't know how to operate it. Agreed. That's when you know it's too old. They don't need to change that much. So you just need to make it playable, and then nobody's going to complain about Keep a fresh paint job. Yeah, I think it would sell well too. I could see this happening. I'm excited. Oh. I mean, oh, what's up? I would say definitely this yeah. would sell crazy. Oh, it sell good. I mean, I think so for sure. And so now with the last kind of tidbit here that is kind of like you know off the record or unofficial is. The report that the Singapore-based studio is working on an unannounced AAA action-adventure remake. What I think is happening, if I had to take a guess on this, is I think I remember reading that they're working on an updated version of Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater. I don't think that the original Metal Gear Solid is being remade by this team. The, you know, kind of consistent rumor although not a lot to really back it up but their teases every now and then is from blue point kind of being the ones that are behind it which would make sense following demon souls and their uh, record mm. of really top tier remakes and i'm sure playstation would be all for this i mean it's one of those things that i think of too when we i know that they're kind of different they're not similar games but when i see on the premium tier them putting these siphon filter games in i'm like when they put the siphon filter games in in my head i'm like they're not going to put metal gear because we're going to get a remake so and also sony doesn't own that that's konami so that could be an issue there where konami is also holding that up as well but um but yeah there's a there's obviously if there's a remastered in play too i think that they would probably hold it up but i again i don't think see i think that that would be the opposite i think that would be great marketing for the remake because people will try to play that and be like jesus christ this is unplayable and they make them want to play the remake because they want to play they want to experience the game still yeah, maybe. So I think it would actually be to their benefit if they do. I, like, I think it would be really cool leading up to the Silent Hills 2 release that we get the the PlayStation. It's a PlayStation 2 game, correct? Or yeah, PlayStation, PlayStation 2. Okay, we get the PlayStation 2 version on, on the premium tier. I think that would be great. Yeah, that would be good. I mean, the unfortunate thing is that the only way to play it currently is through the ps3 hd collection and so they might just say hey here you go even though it's already on playstation now and so you'd just be streaming it but we'll see we will see we'll see i'm curious if obviously if they have a stream we will cover it for sure here yeah and i hope that they don't i honestly hope they don't have their own like stream i would love for whenever this rumored PlayStation showcase that's supposed to be happening for the last 17 years, it feels like at this point that it ends. They're like, Oh, it's done. It ends. 
and then you just like see like the like the Metal Gear Solid logo pop up or you hear Snake Eater or Snake talking and then like it just like cuts into a trailer and it's like what the fuck like I think that that would be amazing that'd be a perfect kind of like how the original Watch Dogs was uh, released whereas like the Ubisoft ended the event and then it was like wait what the fuck's going on and then I was like oh shit Watch Dogs I think that that would be awesome that would be great agreed but, but is that, that all the it. news for us this week Mark that is it that is the whole story whole kit caboodle the Go for Bronze podcast is a production of Joel Ace and the Big Dog. You can find us on Twitter at Go for Bronze Pod. Also, YouTube Stop with my at Go for Bronze Pod. Peace. <laughs>